With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Before we get into this week's podcast, just a quick explanation. We did this podcast a little differently than any that we've done before. We recorded it live on a program called Zcast, and we had a live audience of people listening and chiming in with comments. So it was a little different than usual. We tried it out. Uh, The Zcast website has only been up for about 24 hours, so it's the first time we did it. And if people tell us they like it, then we can continue to do it and we can give information ahead of time about when we'll be recording the podcast so that people can come in live and listen. They can jump in with questions either, you know, via instant message or audio. So let us know if you like that. And now let's turn to this week's podcast. It's always good to rely on a technology that's lasted for like 10 hours. (laughs) So, but uh, hopefully this works reasonably well. So let's uh, let's jump right in and let's talk about those games last weekend uh, before we before we get to this week's bed and, and some other issues. So so breaking news: uh, the Kansas City Chiefs went into New England. Um, no, but you know what? Actually, Bill Simmons on his podcast previewing that game, he was right on the money. He said, "Look, the Pats are going to score twenty seven points. The question is, can Kansas City score twenty eight? And when I picked Kansas City to cover, I'm I'm going to blame Cole, our uh, Kansas City Chiefs expert, who was on last week because I didn't know anything about Jeremy Macklin's health. And I was relying on Cole, who said, yeah, he's going to play. And he played a little bit, but he clearly was less than 100%. And, and you know, in that situation, obviously, um, you know, Kansas City wasn't going to score 28 points. But, you know, obviously the biggest takeaway from that game is Andy Reid's continued clock management, right? Oh, you want me to say the Alex Smith stuff again? No, I actually forgot about it. But but here, okay, so but here's, here's the real issue. The Philadelphia Eagles... And by the way, so so you were saying that I have Andy Reid too high in my power rankings as a coach. The bottom line is he took a two and fourteen Kansas City Chiefs team and immediately turned them into a playoff contender year after year. And, he, and in Philadelphia, they made the playoffs every single year of his era until the last one. So there's a lot of parts of being a coach, and the part that fans see the most obviously is on the field. Do you go for a fourth down or do you punt? You know how you manage the clock in two minute situations, things like that. And so on those things, Andy Reid clearly fails. But the other 98% of the job, he's obviously very good at. Right. But I, I think at a certain point, I, we, I think I said this in the preseason, but it should almost be a, a different job. There should be like the coach is like yeah. the CEO, but time management, like if if you have a tight ends coach and like some, you know, the Jets had, you know, eight receptions of their tight end all season and, you know, have the tight ends be coached by the offensive lineman, spend the extra money on clock management guy literally i would pay if i owned the team unless i had a belichick or a shanahan someone who really understood the clock i would pay someone basically to 
because the coach has too many things going on to yell about. It's like, all right, Akiva, but hold on. L- but let's yeah. let's focus on the Eagles for a second. We have an Eagles fan listening in, Mish, Mish Z, who says, as an Eagles fan, I do miss him as a coach. His last season with us was rough, though. All right, his last season was rough, but basically what the Eagles have done since then, you know, or, or what they're doing now is they're bringing in Doug Peterson. They've basically replaced Andy Reid with his lieutenant. And so let me ask you a question, Mish. Is this basically admitting that they never should have let Reed go, right? In other words, isn't this slightly worse? And, and, and all, even more so, Peterson gave the same insane defense of the clock management as Reed. And, and by the way, that defense is like, I mean, if you said that at the press conference of a team I own, I interrupt the press conference to say, I'm sorry, folks, we made a mistake. We have to go back to the drawing board. Like, like how do you hire a guy who gives that like insane argument at his opening press conference? Isn't it depressing? I think it is. You know, one issue is that at a certain point, these coaches burn out. So we saw it with Coughlin. It's not like Coughlin isn't a great coach. You know, whoever they're replacing him with. Okay, you're talking about why Reed had to go. Fine. Moving on from that. As an Eagles fan, how do do you have any confidence in your coach? In other words, it's not like Peterson and Reed said, you know what? It wasn't ideal at the end of the game. It wasn't optimum. You know, no. They they are claiming that they did exactly what they wanted to. They wanted to burn down all the clock. They wanted to make it so there would be no time left so that all they could do is click an onside kick and recover. I mean, it's... It's mind-boggling. It's really depressing. As an Eagles fan, I would imagine. So speaking about Dougie Peterson, so we had seven head coaching vacancies. Chip Kelly went to San Francisco. Oh, by the way, keep eating while keep eating while you're talking. It's good. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. My son left half a piece of pizza here. I'm not just gonna not eat it. Uh, you know what? I have my dinner next. I have my dinner next to me, and I'm not eating. It. You know why? Because I'm a professional. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Professional. So, okay. So, so Kelly went to San Francisco. Mike Malarkey got maintained. All the other jobs went to offensive coordinators, which means that all our talk about random college guys went for naught. Uh, a super fan, Robbie, who had all his opinions about which college coaches would work well where. Obviously, none of that's relevant. And by the way, in our bet, we ended up going being tied three for three because, um, you know, Mike Malarkey is maintained. So we each were correct. So that's a push. The weirdest part of this offensive coordinator business is when a team fires the coach and then hires the same offensive coordinator and keeps the whole staff like Tampa and especially the Giants. Like, yeah. what are the Giants doing? Are they basically just saying that, that Coughlin's too old? I think I think that's what it is. I think they're saying Coughlin's too old. Uh, to me, the you know, the craziest hire is Malarkey because the guy's been a coach twice and has never made it to year three. And it's rare for a coach not to make it to year three. Yeah. Right, Chip Kelly made it to year three. I mean, yeah. And why are you wasting years at the beginning of a quarterback of a quarterback's development? You know, right? If they're worried, right? If they're worried about Mariota not having stability, well, guess when he's not going to have stability? When you fire Malarkey, maybe after one. What happens if Malarkey goes two and fourteen this year? You have to fire him, basically. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's another wasted year. And the Titans are probably a weird spot because their owners. I think their owner died, and they sort of don't have the money that a lot of the other teams have, and they also maybe don't have the stability. Uh, you know, with one decision, every NFL team is rolling in cash. So I don't buy. No, that but but, excuse, the, the, but but who's making the decisions is the question. Who you know up top? I think there may be that that could be complicated because they want to sell the team, but they they can't monetarily. But the interesting thing, both with Tennessee and with Tampa and the Giants and the Eagles, actually, because they brought in their former offensive coordinator, and Mish made this comment in the chat. It looks like. The teams aren't really doing like a full search. It looks like they sort of decide, well, this is the guy we're going to hire. They might have interviewed a couple guys just to go through the motions. Uh, frankly, at the bare minimum, I'm sure that they – I mean they had to have hired a minority for the uh, for the Rooney rule. But it seems like each of these teams decided we're going with you know the former offense coordinator basically. And they didn't really make – and it's just – again, that's part of a concern because if a team is doing badly enough that you need to fire your head coach – then I would think that you should look into the whole process more than just picking the next guy up. So let's move on. Then we had the Saturday night game, obviously, Green Bay at Arizona. Uh, both teams looked awful for most of that game. So as a Vikings fan, I was very bitter, just just like that kid in the crowd who couldn't spell the word bought. Um, Carson Palmer, by the way, you love to talk about dropped picks. How many how many 
drop picks that Carson Palmer have in that game. Yeah, it was a bunch. I feel like that's a stat should be that should be kept a lot more. Well, yeah, I mean, they do keep it, actually. Yeah, it's not like an official stat, though. Mark Sanchez was the king of the dropped interception. Yeah. The last two minutes with the craziness. I mean, that drive, Aaron Rodgers, that goes that goes down in history if the Packers win that game. And instead, because, you know, Mike McCarthy decided to go to overtime, uh, no one will even remember it. And, and then there's another there was another debate this week about the overtime rule, which every time a key playoff game ends in overtime, you know, they debate this rule. Some, do you like the current overtime rule? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's much better than the old one. And I think anything past this is too long and we'll have too many ties in the regular season so then you're talking about having a different rule in the regular season in the playoffs and i don't think that's feasible i mean hockey hockey has a different rule in in regular season yeah, playoffs. I'm hockey, okay with- hockey yeah hockey's admitting it's a tacit admission by hockey that the regular season doesn't matter when the nfl is only 16 games the regular season is incredibly important but the point is that in a regular season you can have a tie you can't have a tie in a playoff game right. so that's why there's a different rule because there's, there's a different outcome of the game you have to have a winner in a playoff game you don't need a winner of a regular season game mm-hmm. right yeah Anyway, all right, um, fine. Let's quickly skim through the Sunday games. Carolina-Seattle game, there wasn't a lot to say in the first half. Seattle was just atrocious. In the second half, a furious comeback, which is like the third time I think that Carolina's let a team come back on them, uh, although time ran out on the Seahawks. And then that Denver-Pittsburgh game, does Pittsburgh win that game with a healthy Antonio Brown? Yeah, I think they do. I, I just I don't think Denver could have wow. in, in a in a shootout. I don't think Denver could have caught up with them. And and so, you know, it's interesting. All four of the home teams won. I think that's only the last time it happened was like 2009. Uh, and that was, you know, the previous round, obviously, all four of the road teams won. Although, of course, all of them are favored. So, well, this week we have one home favorite. Yeah. The, yeah. There's only been three times ever that both road teams have won the championship game, the conference championship. Oh, wow. Really? That's actually surprising to me. Well, but, yeah, but how often times. Cousin Sal on his podcast with Bill Simmons, he was going through, he was he was giving the argument why he was going to pick the Patriots to cover. And he was going through all the time that there's been a road dog, a road favorite, excuse me, in the conference championship game. And his argument was not only did they cover, but they all won outright. But I can tell you for a fact that his list was incomplete because I, I know just because I'm a Vikings fan, he did not include the 2000 Vikings who were one and a half point favorites in New York. And uh, they, they so they had to cover one and a half point spread and they just missed it by, I think, 43 points. Right. Um, so that team uh, did not cover the spread, obviously. So it's not that common, obviously, for you to have a road team favored in the conference championship, because the only reason it happens really is when you have a team that everybody thinks is better but they're the lower seed because of, you know, injuries usually. Like, um, you know, this year, obviously, the Patriots, if they didn't have the injuries, they would have had a better record than Denver. In 2000, the Vikings were 11-2 and two before Culperper missed the last three games of the regular season, so they dropped to 11-5, and five, which is why they were the road team against the Giants. Mm-hmm. So Robbie was asking a question about home field advantage in his email. He asked about – he theorized that the, that the impact of home field advantage has lessened over time, and he asked if there was any studies about that. I haven't seen any for the NFL, but I'm, there probably is. I've seen one for the English Premier League, and I've seen one for baseball, and they both make that argument that home field advantage, the impact of it, has gotten less over over the you know each decade, basically. Mm-hmm. I think studies also show that home field advantage is very uh, related to the referees who are biased by the crowd to make calls. Yeah, so there was that famous study, yeah, that basically the only thing that really matters about about home field advantage is that the refs are impacted by the home crowd. And if that's the case, I would imagine that's the thing that should lessen over time because refs are sort of more aware of bias mm-hmm. as, as time goes on. All right, so so let's uh, so let's jump to this week's bet. Uh, and you tell me what this week's bet is because I don't even know what it is. Oh, I don't know. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> very, very prepared we are for this. I want just want to do the touchdowns thing. Okay, so basically we're going to draft people. So we'll, we'll go back and forth. We each get a roster of eight, uh, yeah. eight, eight uh, players for a team. All right, so let's start. You get the first pick. And it just does he score a touchdown this week? Yeah, it's scoring touchdowns. So obviously the quarterback should go first, but then after that, all bets are off. Oh, wait, passing touchdowns count also. Yeah, passing touchdowns. It's like the it's like the touchdown pool we have. Uh, oh, okay. So then, I, okay. So then, obviously, I'm going to go with uh, Brady first. Okay. 
I will pick Carson Palmer second. Okay, so then I'll take Newton, I guess. Okay, so then <laughs> can I not pick Kate Peyton Manning? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I-, I see your point, but... You know, his odds of getting two touchdowns is what, like 15 to 20 percent? What are the odds of Peyton Manning getting two touchdowns this week? Like even if the Broncos win, but I'll take Manning. I thought I read somewhere and I I, I didn't fact check this because it just sounded too crazy. But I thought I read that Peyton Manning threw one touchdown at home the entire season. He did. Brady seems impossible. Yeah, Uh, it's it's, yeah, (laughs) that's that's really an insane statistic. Uh, I mean, you were making fun of Teddy Bridgewater for not having enough touchdowns, but one touchdown the entire season. It's true. Only quarterback Uh, worse than Teddy Bridgewater, Peyton Manning. All right. Next pick. Uh, all right thanks all right uh okay fine so i'll take gronk i suppose okay yeah, that's a good pick carolina jonathan stewart i don't know see you, it's hard to figure out which running back it's going to be in denver because yeah. they they share and in arizona you know they, they have floyd uh a minnesota boy and obviously fits another minnesota boy they they both get a lot of looks in the red zone all right you know what i'm, I'm gonna go with david johnson who hasn't got in the end zone yet i think yeah no but, david okay else? david johnson that's not a bad pick um but I'm going to pick uh, Greg Olson. Well, if Cam's getting a bunch of touchdowns, I got to go to somebody. Yeah. So that makes sense. See, I don't have a list to work off. No, of, I'm so just I'm doing this in my head. I'm going to I'm going to pick a guy who's either not in the playoffs or has <laughs> already been picked but with my next pick. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. All right. OK, fine. I will pick uh, Larry Fitzgerald because he's money in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. Julie. Oh, I have too many Cardinals. Though. All right. Julian yeah. Edelman. Yeah. Not bad. By the way, how many rounds would we go before someone picked a Patriots running back? <laughs> <laughs> Steven Jackson. Steven, by the way, Steven Jackson could uh, score. But. Yeah, he scored in week 17, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know who to pick here. I, I guess I'll go with, see, wh- which of the Denver running backs do I take? Because they they really, spl- you know, I'll go with Ronnie Hillman. Okay, CJ Anderson. Yeah, that's fair. That makes the most sense. <laughs> what were the odds before the year? If you Let's say you said we were going to do this before the year, okay? Yeah. What odds could you get of Jericho Cotri being drafted in this draft? What about Steven Jackson? That's even crazier. Yeah, pretty, yeah, it was like it was like painting like a Home Depot. Yeah. I don't know why they would need someone to paint a Home Depot, but they have a lot of paint there. I'm not <laughs> sure how that works. That's a good point. Oh, he's painting the uh, now we lost now we now we even lost Mish, so we're really and by the way, where's Superfan Robbie? Superfan Robbie's not even here? That's garbage. Yeah, we're losing our fans. Well, on, on, here's the thing. If you listen to a podcast, and, and do you, I don't know, are there any podcasts that you listen to live? I know like Rob's sister Nina does some live. Do you listen to any podcasts live? Mm, no, I actually don't like to because I'll never be able to hear the whole thing. And then it's like, I'm going to have to like fast forward through it. And I don't know how many podcasts are live. Like Rob's sometimes is live, but I don't know. Well, what I was going to say is because if you, list, if you want to listen to a podcast later, then listening to live, you're going to listen to it twice. Right, it doesn't make sense. Because the, the later version is obviously the better version. It's more professional. Of course. Now, the advantage of listening live is you can contribute. You know, Mish was chiming in with a lot of comments, and I was contributing. Sure. We have a, we have a couple people listening Great in. Great job, Mish. Yeah, we have a couple others listening in, but they're, they're not chatting away. And we can't add speakers yet, unfortunately. Because I would like to add, I see uh, I see we have unsuccess story on there. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Michael, one of our dedicated fans and, and guests. So I would like to... At this point, know, he's got to be super fan, Michael, because he's actually here listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Michael, you know, chime in with a comment. Uh, oh, now we have another one also. But yeah, Michael. Chime oh, wait, in anyway, a... so all right, continue the draft. How many people oh, do we sorry. have left to pick? Well, Michael, uh, let me ask Michael. He's listening. Michael, uh, which Patriots running back should we take? Is it, is it Jackson? Wait, yeah, should so, we take Steven Jackson? Well, it's, it, yeah, by the way, it's, it's your pick. It's your pick. It's pick number seven. So let's let's oh, wrap this God. up. At, let's wrap this we, up. We should have done it six. Can we stop it at six? And take away Demary's <laughs> no, Thomas. Fine. It'll be funny. Right. We'll end at eight. End at eight. Yeah, fine. Okay, Demarius Thomas. No, I just took him. <laughs> well, you took, but you said it's my pick. How'd you pick Demarius Thomas? Yeah, I, that's why it's your pick because I took Demarius Thomas. Oh, bye, laser tag. Yeah, we have to call out every time someone leaves. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we we had like seven in the beginning, and they like dropped like flies because we couldn't get our technology. I know, right. I know, it was bad. It was yeah. like it's like like the Seinfeld podcast. Like it was so bad the first few weeks, yeah. and now like you're throwing humming. fire every week. And all right, okay, and, uh, make you know, your make, gone. make your last two picks. <laughs> I'm giving you the last two. We got to speed up this process. Ema- Emmanuel Sanders and Ted Ginn. Junior or senior? No, his dad. Ted Ginn's no, dad. The da- <laughs> All right. Okay, so let me close it off. Uh, Ted Ginn the third. To- All right, so we took the running back, wide receiver, and tight end for Carolina. We took uh, yeah. only one wide receiver for Arizona and tight end. New England, we took wide receiver, tight end, no running back, Denver. All right, I will take just so I can cover all the bases with every Arizona player. And now watch John Brown get all the touchdowns. I'll, I'll take uh, Michael Floyd. Yeah, I mean, re- you could have gotten a, a zillion to one odds on any of the, like, those last few guys getting drafted, uh, you know, if we had done this in August, let's say. Yeah, well, but you picked the A Arizona- zillion to one. In the preseason, you picked the Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl, so you expected them to be in this game on Sunday. And you no, I've, to- I picked and bet a substantial amount of money, but I did have the Dolphins beating them, which uh, yeah. shows you how much I know. Oh, so every time someone comes in, I just want to tell you, I, I search their name. Just because, like, I'm bored when you're talking, and uh, this the guy who's in now is the CEO. I don't know if he could like have some yeah. like super thing and tr- talk to us. Yeah, I know, I know that because uh, we emailed today. Hi, Raz. How's it I going? Gonna, hey, Raz. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna start. I don't want to like make it too stalkery, but the lady who was in here for a while, I was like, I was gonna ask her why she follows like Fox News, and no, I was just joking. Um, I okay, fine. So let's let's uh, do predictions for next week's game. All right, so let's jump in. All right, so uh, we're going to start with the Denver-New England game. The Broncos have one win in the last three months by more than a touchdown, and that was against San Diego. So, you know, they have not looked impressive for a long time. Their defense is obviously really good, but New England's offense seems to be, you know, clicking on just about all cylinders now. And so I think it's the same argument Bill Simmons made last week, that New England is going to score in the high 20s as a floor. And how do the Broncos stay with that number, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know how – oh, wait, Roz said his barber is a diehard Cardinals fan, so his only option – is to pick the Cardinals, or he'll be bald-headed. Yeah. Oh, that's a good comment. Yeah, I mean, oh, I think... Hold wait. on, Roz. We'll get to the NFC in a second. We're discussing the AFC right now. <laughs> I think... CEO or no, know your place. I don't know why you're so certain that the Patriots' floor is 28. Are you... what? What? Roz says he's an NBA fan. What? Uh, what? I'm a Spurs fan. What team do you root for, Roz? I think... By the way, you know how difficult you're making this podcast for me to edit later on with your assignments? Oh, yeah. you. I, the, I, I'm most... <laughs> Most of the time, most of the time, I do think that um, I, I, most of the time I add these things just just to make this difficult for you to edit and yeah. post. I would like to yeah. know where Roz's barber is from, that he's an Arizona Cardinals fan. I would say like he's probably I'm going to say Beersheba because I feel like most people in Beersheba are Arizona Cardinals fans. It's the it's the Arizona of Israel. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That it's basically the same. Oh, he's thing. in Arizona. Oh, 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 you tell me. Who oh, I don't in. know. Oh, you misled me. I have no idea. No, but the, oh. no. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. So, so you think that so you think that Denver can hold New England's offense to less? Yeah, of course. Denver has the best defense. By the way, he's a he's a Phoenix Suns fan. Yeah, they are going to lose to the Spurs tonight. That's correct. Um, Denver beat the Patriots in overtime in November, right? But that was completely different teams. First of all, Brock was a quarterback for Denver, but Edelman didn't play. Amendola didn't play. I think that was the game Gronk actually got hurt late in the game. So those were completely different teams. Michael, you there? Tell us why Denver's going to hold New England to fewer than, let's say, 24 Yeah, points. I do think I, – I, well, their defense was incredible this year. How many times did Denver allow 24 the entire season? So here's the thing. Everybody's everybody's fantasizing about, you know, this being Peyton versus Brady, right? Yeah. And and obviously it's not because – but, like, what I want to know what, – what everybody wants from this game is for it to be a throwback game between Peyton and Brady. Brady, obviously, we know can well, still not, do – Well, not – nobody thinks that it's going to be a throwback game. You're you're doing – you're creating a straw man thing. There's not a person on earth – I didn't say – I didn't say – no, no, I didn't say that they think it's going to be. 
No, no, I didn't say I think they think it's going to be. That's what they want it to be. That's what everybody's rooting for, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, but that's not happening. Well, so, oh, by the way, so how many times did Denver give up more than 24? To the Colts and the Chiefs, and they lost. In the KC, And they lost both those yeah, games. And the Steelers. And that's it. No, the Steelers also. Oh, the and the Steelers were in, in, in They allowed 34. Yeah. That was the most yeah. they allowed. But listen, still. So they lost all three of those games. I mean, their defense was incredible. They allowed three points to Rivers. They held Cincy to 17. You know, even their losses, they only gave up 15 to uh, Oakland. I, I do think that if Denver takes the lead early, I think it's a huge problem because the defense really ramps up and, you know, the the Patriots are going to be rattled. Well, it's also a question of how healthy, uh, you know, after playing for a week are some of these Patriots. Well, well no, but I want to know what it like. Give me a percentage chance that Peyton Manning has to throw back game, you know, has 250 plus zero, yards. Zero. There's a zero percent Z- chance. So you, he doesn't so you think physically a, have it in him anymore. He can't hit so the receivers. Completely z- Okay, so well, now we will say last week he actually played very well, and his receivers had tons of drops. Demarius Thomas, by the way, he has had a very disappointing season. He's, I think, he led the league in drops, and he had several drops last week. And you could afford to do that against Pittsburgh without Antonio Brown, and their defense is terrible. You can't afford to do that against New England, right? I mean, that's. Well, I'm more concerned, frankly, that even if Payne plays at a ceiling, that his receivers are going to let him down. I don't. I know my my concern is not Thomas and Sanders. They probably just forgot what it's like to have balls thrown near to them after having been. But Demaris Thomas has been Demaris Thomas has been bad all year. You know, yeah, he, he was bad when brought, game in November when the Patriots lost in overtime. They were actually winning twenty-one to seven early, and, and which is kind of crazy because I was about to say to you, well, we know that you said if Denver gets up early, their defense can take off. If New England gets up early, the game's over because Denver just can't score. So they did make up a fourteen-point deficit in that game, but I, but there was also that muff punt by Chris Harper, and he's not even. Gonna be back there anymore now that you know that uh, Edelman and Amadola are healthy I assume right yeah I don't think he will be I, I I mean listen to me I feel like we'll be this is one of those games where after one drive that each team's had you'll basically be able to see what the flow of the game is like if the if Brady can move the ball at all it's a nightmare for Denver and if Manning looks like the Manning and again Manning had a zillion weeks off now he's playing two straight weeks uh you know and who knows if his body's recovering he played the late game Sunday so, I, you know, if if Manning is, you know, the Manning that we saw for most of the regular season, to me, there's no way that a, a decent Patriots defense, and a, you know, not even decent, probably the fifth or sixth best defense in the NFL going up against Manning. I, I would put like 50 to one odds against Manning having like a throwback, like 300 yard two touching game when he was throwing 55 touchdowns in the regular season. He couldn't do that against the Patriots in the playoffs. Like Manning at his absolute apex, the best day of his life, he wasn't able to do that. Yeah, but the one thing I'm going to nitpick with you is you said, well, we're going to know after one drive the flow of this game. I think last week's games are proof that we should not take that into account because the Green Bay-Arizona game was garbage until the last two or three minutes. And Seattle-Carolina was completely a game of two halves. Mm-hmm. I could absolutely see Denver leading this game 20 to nothing at halftime and losing. And if you remember, like when if Denver has 20 points at halftime, it's it's from their defense and special teams. There's no way that's happening. Yeah. But, but look, when and obviously it was a different era of Peyton Manning. But when 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 Peyton Manning had that crazy comeback, when the Colts went to the Super Bowl against New England in the AFC championship where they were losing like 34 to 17 or something right into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So but you're right. You know, so it just we, we, we saw a number of significant comebacks last week. So I don't think that you can make that conclusion because even 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 if Denver's defense can tee off with a lead. Obviously, the Patriots offense has the capability to come back on that. I So fine, let's get to picks. I'll let you pick this one first. Yeah, I'm definitely going Patriots. I would put a lot of money on this game. Uh, I'm, I think the Patriots are going to win uh, 24 to 14. Okay, so you're picking the Patriots to cover and then obviously to win as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, oh, by the way, we need to say last week. So last week uh, in picking the winners and losers, you went 4-0. I went 3-1 because I picked Seattle. Against the spread, I had a very rough week. 
I went 0-3 after going 4-0 in the wild card week. I went 0-3, and then obviously the uh, the uh, Pittsburgh-Denver game ended in a push, and you went 2-1. and So uh, you actually took the lead on me. For the for the playoffs now, you are 5-2-1. I am 4-3-1. Uh, so you're a game up on me. You're going to pick New England here. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick New England. Obviously, I want Denver to win. First of all, like any good American, I hate the Patriots. And also, my, my love for Peyton Manning is well known. But I just think it's the scenario of seeing the Patriots win is much easier to understand than the scenario of seeing the Broncos win because the Broncos winning would require something we haven't seen all year from Peyton Manning, basically, right? Or it would require like that game where they beat the Packers badly, which was obviously the most impressive game of the year, where they just completely annihilated Aaron Rodgers and he had like 80 yards passing on the game. And they could hold Brady to that. But Brady has so many more weapons now with everybody healthy than Rodgers did. I just... You know, I can't imagine a scenario where, where Tom Brady doesn't have at least 150 yards. And in this game, if so. you're a neutral fan who doesn't completely detest Brady, and I do detest Brady, but I also think Manning's a phony, and especially with the HDH stuff, I'm not a fan. I do. I think that if the Broncos win this game, the Super Bowl is going to look a lot like Super Bowl 48. Carolina or Arizona is just going to is going to stomp. Uh, you know. Well, but but you have Denver. to remember that Super Bowl. That in hindsight, like going into that game, the Patriots were favored by, or excuse me, the, the Broncos were favored by one and a half or two points. Right, People but it made the it made a tremendous game. amount of sense why they didn't. In hindsight, it did, but at the time, and again, remember that was, I mean, that was the best offense in history. You know, Peyton Manning had fifty-five touchdowns that that year, and it turned out that Seattle's defense was also really, really, really good, and we didn't realize it was historically it. good. And Manning had faded by the time the Super Bowl came around. He wasn't the same guy who was throwing, you know, fourteen touchdowns the first week of the season. Yeah. All right. So, so unfortunately, we agreed on that game. So now let's get to the NFC. See if we can have a little bit of a disagreement. Arizona Carolina this is pretty much the matchup that we knew all season you know in the second half of the year it looked like Seattle could crash this party but ultimately uh here we are the Cardinals have looked very sh- shaky for a while they looked terrible against the Packers and they won that game because as we said all of Carson Palmer's picks but one got dropped uh they looked all they looked even worse obviously in the last regular season game against the Seahawks they looked shaky against the Vikings in that game in early December that they you know they barely won because of the the, the strip sack at the By the way, the game. I was waiting until you brought up that Vikings game. Well, I was just going to say, Arizona hasn't had a good game against a good team yeah. in a long time. I mean, they beat yeah. the Packers I, mean, I do think December, the Week 17 the Packers... game, they were mailing in against the Seahawks. But you're right. To me, the, the Packers team that they beat last week was not a team that should be playing in the second round of the playoffs. But here's the thing. but if Ari- So all year long, we thought that Arizona was the best team in the NFL. But when we look at it, they haven't had a good game against a good team in weeks and weeks. Carolina, clearly a good team, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the Panthers, even if they build a big lead, their fans are going to be nervous because look how many teams – and it's especially weird for a team that's such a good running team that they keep blowing these huge leads. They have a good defense and a good running game, and yet they they barely held on against Seattle this week when they were up 31-0. They blew the entire lead, like the four-touchdown lead against the Giants, and they ended up winning that game, but they blew the lead. Um, even against the Packers earlier in the year where they were up by like 25, 30 points. I mean, isn't they, it worth they, mentioning that as score. good as Palmer was this year, that he's really never had any playoff, su- playoff success in his life? He, he's never won a playoff game until last week, and he didn't deserve to win it. So No. So, you know, at a, at a certain point – well, how come you're not giving them the 30-point the thirty point win over Green Bay as a good win, by the way? No, I said they blew out mediocre teams. They blew out a bunch of mediocre – that's a good win. Yeah, but, but not a good team win that they're playing team. the playoffs as a mediocre team, then our standards are very high. The pack, But the Packers were 4-6, and six, you know, in the last 10 weeks of the year. They weren't uh-huh. a good team, right? We, we've said that. The, Packer, the Packers started out hot in September. They were 6-0, and oh, and from that point forward, they were a bad team. You know, the NFC was so weird, and it's going to be weird next season when we're previewing because basically you had Arizona and Carolina. You had two elite teams. You had Seattle, who was an elite team for half a season only. 
And then basically you had the Packers who were good in the beginning, but were mediocre for most of the year. The Vikings were the fourth best team in the conference, but only by default. Really, they were more like a 10 and 6, 9 and 7 team, but they went mm-hmm. 11 and 5. because. And then you had 11 garbage teams. There were so many bad teams in the NFC, Yeah, right? The whole NFC East. Teams at the top gave them more wins than they deserved. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Carolina, is, I can say with complete confidence, Carolina, Arizona, Minnesota, basically all the division winners are going to win fewer games next year, even if they might be better. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you, there's, a, there's a lot of regression to the mean. But anyway, let's talk about who's actually going to win the game. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say because of the Carson Palmer and the fact I just – I really don't trust him. It's for that reason I'm going to pick Carolina. I just think Arizona was very lucky to win last week against a far weaker opponent. How do you think the crowd's going to be in Carolina this week? I mean it's not like there's going to be a lot of Arizona Cardinals fans traveling across the oh, country. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. So Who has better fans, the Panthers or the Cardinals? Oh, for sure the Panthers. The Cardinals don't have any fans. Oh, we lost the CEO. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals have bad fans, honestly. Uh, and then the weird thing is they have fans from St. Louis still who grew up, you know, obviously Will Leach is an example of that. When the Cowboys play there, it's majority Cowboys fans. When the Vikings play there, when the Packers play there, when San Francisco plays there, you know, it's half the crowd is rooting for the other team. It's also Arizona's kind of like Florida in the sense that, you know, you're from New York. So for you, everybody, when they when they get old, they move to Florida. But I can tell you in Minnesota and in, in, in the upper Midwest and probably in other parts of the country that are west of the Mississippi, when you get the retirement place, the people, the place people go in the winter is Arizona. Right. That's why half the teams go to spring training in, in, in Arizona. So it's a lot of people from other places who are sort of there for retirement purposes. My uncle, actually, from Minnesota, he has a, a condo in Arizona. So, yeah, I don't think the Cardinals are particularly good fans. And Carolina, look, they might be an expansion team there, but they've been around for 20, for 20 years now. Yeah. They've been, they've been, this is what, at least their third NFC title game, right? They had the one with Kerry Collins against the Packers in 96, I believe. They had, obviously, when they went to the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So is this the third NFC title game in 20 years for Carolina? Yes. And then and then for Arizona, it's the second, right? There was the Kurt Warner one we just mentioned and then this one. Yeah, I mean, Arizona went a zillion years without even, you know, playing in a playoff game, basically. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pick uh, I'm going to pick Carolina. And, if I, and and even though so the spread is three for Carolina to win and to cover just because if, if I can't pick Arizona to win outright, I'm not going to pick them to cover Carolina all the way. What about you? I mean, I have to stick with Arizona, right? I think it's going to be a close game. But, you know, I picked Arizona in July. I'm not going to not pick them now. Yeah. So somebody I forget. I was in another podcast I was listening to. They were making fun of that argument. Like I made I made an announcement eight months ago. And so I'm gonna, I mean, I'm good. Yeah. But but now if I pick Carolina, that that turns me into like, uh, you know, I can't really brag about my pick. No, I it turns you into a. Well, OK. So the bragging is a different point. But the point is you've watched six months of developments and you've you've learned six months of information. So not to take that into account when you make your pick is, is not a point of pride. It's a point of stupidity. It's not like I'm sticking with the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a now, that would be a ballsy pick. That would be a ballsy pick. If you pick the Dolphins to win this week, uh, I would give you uh, some uh, some props, I suppose. All right, so so at least we disagree there in the NFC. Uh, there's going to be a crazy storm, so hopefully everyone on the East Coast stays home and watches football all day. Mm. This is also going to be one of our shorter podcasts, so we ended up not having guests. Although we have uh, we have Michael for the Patriots listening in anxiously, but he's not contributing. <laughs> he might not be here anymore. Yeah. All right. So, the truth is, this is a mini episode. So let's talk about next week. Next week's episode, you know, we'll, we'll spend a minute or two recapping the NFC and AFC title games, obviously. But uh, with a bye week before the Super Bowl, Akiva, I think that we should uh, spend a while talking about the Pro Bowl. How about that? Is that a good idea? Uh, we're going to talk about an event that's even more meaningless than the Pro Bowl. And what's that? We're going to do a, uh, a format break. We're going to do a Royal Rumble podcast on Monday. Royal Rumble podcast. Uh, and what's the podcast that you compared it to? Oh, Analyze Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Fades will be... Uh, Harris Whittles. Yeah, so we're bringing in the Harris Whittles, uh, you know, uh, RIP of uh, New York. His name is uh, The Fades, just The Fades. 
Um, and, uh, and so then, so I'm Scott Ackerman. I'm the guy who has never watched wrestling, but Scott Ackerman also, he plays like the, the straight edge on analyze fish. I think that maybe I should not have know anything about wrestling, but I should also be extraordinarily drunk. You could be drunk during the podcast, but I need you when you're watching to take notes for who everyone is. I want to comment on um, all 30 gotta, wrestlers. All right. I got to take notes. There's 30 wrestlers in this thing. Every Royal Rumble's 30 guys. <laughs> never seen a, i've never seen wrestling all right and so then who are you who's the third guy in analyze fish i don't even remember there is no third guy just sometimes like the a random person will come on all right so this is gonna take so much editing this is gonna, we're gonna have like six minutes of podcast by the time i'm done editing this today yeah but it'll be a horrible six minutes at least yeah all right so uh we tried a new thing with zencast uh with Zcast, what do you think what do you think me? about zcast I, what's the review would you do this again yes i would it has potential there's a couple of things if our podcast if our ceo is listening but i think he left First of all, you have to be able to add the speaker, right? Because you want to. Yeah, but I think that that stuff they know. There's no way they don't know that. Yeah, they're just working. You want to be able to record. You want to be able to record the audio and email us the files for each of the for each of the people, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, which so that so then I can totally ditch Zencaster, and those are basically my only comments. Oh, oh, and there, there needs to. I told them this already, but there needs to be a way to send out the URL for this broadcast. Like you know, right now we see the URL. It's but we didn't have that until the podcast started. There has to be a way that we can tweet out beforehand to let people know to come listen. By the time we got to it at 7. Whatever. You're editing this all out anyway. All right. Are you going to sign off so I can edit that in later? Whatever. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.